Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. Well, mystery still surrounds the who or the why behind the unprecedented Supreme Court leak of the Dobbs decision. What is clear is that the justices felt endangered because of it. Uh, Associate Justice Samuel Alito spoke about the leak with the Heritage Foundation, calling it a grave betrayal of trust and saying it opened the door to would-be assassins of the conservative justices. And we know that uh, that was very specific to Justice Kavanaugh uh, and uh, some of the others' homes who suddenly had to be under surveillance uh, for those uh, who would do harm to Supreme Court justices based on a leaked uh, memo Uh, about that decision dealing with Roe. And this is one of those that uh, we covered extensively. And, of course, there was great worry at the time, worry for the safety of the justices, of course. You can't have that. And it was also interesting in terms of what it actually does to the court, in terms of how they're actually able to have conversations. It was interesting. Justice Alito, uh, in this talk recently, uh, laid out what the leak meant to the climate of the Supreme Court and the individual lives of the justices. It was a grave betrayal of trust by somebody. And it uh, was a shock because nothing like that had happened in the past. So it certainly changed the atmosphere at the court for the remainder of, of last term. The leak also made those of us who were thought to be in the majority in support of overruling Roe and Casey targets for assassination because it gave people a rational reason to think they could prevent that from happening by killing one of us. And we know that a a man has been charged with attempting to kill Justice Kavanaugh. So as we listen to that, uh, that's that's pretty chilling uh, in my view. Again, kind of hearing some of this from behind the scenes. Uh, Justice Alito also made it clear that uh, we've got to turn the page, the justices and their staff. And this this is where it gets so complicated between justices and staff. Uh, there's got to be trust. Uh, this was, as the justice said, this was a severe breach of protocol and trust and their ability to have those crucial conversations behind closed doors, but he was confident that they could put the court back to normal. Um, that was last term. Um, now we're, we're in a new term. I think that all of us want to, all of the justices, and I think 
the people who work in the building. We have wonderful staff, um, I'll add that. I want things to get back to normal, uh, the way they were before all this last term, before COVID, get back to normal to the greatest degree possible. And uh, that's what we hope will happen. And I think everybody is working on that. Justice Alito also distinguished uh, something that's really important, I think, for all of us to keep in mind, and that was the personal relationship among the justices versus the disagreements they often have on the official business. You know, during my 16 years on the court, the justices have always gotten along very well on a personal level. I think the public, when they read our opinions, probably misses that. Um, We sometimes, you can see by reading those opinions, we sometimes disagree pretty passionately about the law and we have not in recent years been all that restrained about the terms in which we express our our disagreement i i'm as guilty as others probably on this on this score but um none of that is personal and that is something that i think i wish the public understood that is such an important thing for all of us especially as we march down uh, towards the last days of an election year is that the justices disagree passionately about the law and they debate it passionately, but it is not personal that they can separate that. They have meaningful relationships, respectful relationships. They, they admire each other's differences and the strengths that each brings to the court. And that matters because that's where trust begins. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You may remember uh, a little while ago, I had the opportunity to sit down in New York uh, with former Senator Joe Lieberman, and he talked about the Supreme Court on a number of issues, and he had something very interesting to say in terms of how we disagree very passionately, uh, but that we don't make it so personal. Take a listen. I disagree with that decision, but Lord knows there shouldn't be a violent reaction to it. It, it ha- It's the law of the land now, and now people who think it's wrong have options to try to elect enough people to Congress to write a law that uh, writes some of what happened in the Supreme Court decision or or go back to the states and do that. Incidentally, that won't be all bad because too many laws have been made by courts in our system, which was not the way the founders intended it. And And the courts have done that because the legislatures and the executive, federal and state, have not acted. And it's another reason why the partisanship that stifles too many uh, legislative bodies, including Congress today, really ought to go. Because it's, it's in these legislative bodies that 
the Constitution intended for most of our problems to be solved. So again, that was my conversation with former Senator Joe Lieberman at his office in downtown New York City, talking about what we do after we have a Supreme Court. And part of our challenge in the country is we no longer accept results that we don't like. Uh, And I love the fact that Senator Lieberman was saying, look, this is now the law of the land. And if you want to change that, there's ways to do that. Uh, And that's where we have to lean in and engage. Uh, Senator Lieberman also talked about uh, kind of the constitutional crisis, the crisis of trust and the public playing a starring role in shaking the rule of law. We are living through a time when there have been real constitutional crises, and the most troubling part of them are the extent to which people are not willing to accept the interpretation of the Constitution by the Supreme Court or the interpretation of laws by other courts as the final word. That's what it means to be in a rule of law society that has protected our freedom and our stabilities. So as we look at all of this as it relates to the Supreme Court, again, fascinating uh, conversation uh, just over the last couple of days with uh, Justice Alito uh, talking about how things played out, how it shook the court, uh, and how they're trying to turn the page and come back together. And it really is about this element of trust You've, you've heard me say it on this program before. We have stress-tested this constitutional republic of ours under all kinds of circumstances. We have stress-tested this country in a civil war. We have stress-tested this country in a world war. We have stress-tested it in economic chaos and collapse. We've stress-tested it over the course of pandemics. We have never stress-tested this constitutional republic of ours in the absence of trust, trust in our institutions. And we also have to see how that distrust in institutions is spilling over into distrust of each other. And if we end up bankrupt in the trust department, neighbor to neighbor, friend to friend, community to community, that's when the Republic will really be in trouble. And so it's up to all of us to be part of that trust. And it starts with how we talk to each other, the way we talk to each other, the dignity that we give to each other, especially to those that we disagree with. That's the key. And that's the test. And that's what we all should be thinking about and reflecting on on a Wednesday as we march towards the midterms. That wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Don't go anywhere. We have the treat of all treats. Arthur Brooks going to join us in studio. He is here in the state of Utah. This will be a deep dive, meaningful conversation on a wide range. Stick around with us after Top of the Hour News. Arthur Brooks, right here on KSL News Radio. We'll be back. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and Get ready, because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.